Now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Texter's been going crazy, so I'm not keeping up with it. Live stream has settled down a little bit. You know, it's interesting. It's like the worst time of the year for sports. So you try to do like all that creative stuff. Quit saying that to a baseball fan. I am loving all this. Trade deadline's coming up. We just got past the all-star break. People are about to make their second half pushes. It's fantastic. A lot of the viewing audience is out of town because they go on vacations with their families. No one's tuned in. The Open just wrapped up yesterday. We're not even going to talk about that. The Reds have told other teams they're willing to trade 2021 National League Rookie of the Year Jonathan India for young, controllable starting pitching. There's so many infielders in Cincinnati. They have four rookies who are already better than their Rookie of the Year from two years ago. That is an absolute embarrassment of riches in Cincinnati. Controllable is an important word in this announcement because that takes Otani out of it. Right. Everyone wants young starting pitching forever in the history of the game. No one ever seems to have it. There's not one team that's ever like, oh, we're sitting on a plethora of young starting pitchers. They're called the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. <laughs> that's who has it. Good luck getting it out of there cold dead fingers so what we're dealing is we have a fifth utility infielder and we're looking to trade him for the most um we're looking to trade him for the most what word do you guys want to use valuable commodity in the game <laughs> you got you got any guys that can hit too yeah any, any guys with the that's a worldwide phenomenon we trade this guy for him i'll trade adam wainwright for jonathan india right now see ya do it he old. Oh, man. But, hey, that's how Wayno gets in the Atlanta, the St. Louis, and the Cincinnati uh, rings of fame. <laughs> gets in all of them. You can't trade Wainwright. Not now. Not with Yadier Molina coming back to manage mm-hmm. next year? Your third base coach next year is Yadier Molina for the St. Louis Cardinals. No, you fire the manager after this horrible year oh, and God, immediately yeah. install Yadier Molina. That's the only play. Marmol sucks, dude. I know this is not St. Louis Cardinal Sports Talk Radio, but my boys suck. It's pretty sad what he did to that team in the span of a year. And there's super good teams like the Dodgers right now. And you're like, how can they do it? Yeah, they're doing it. Hey, look, they do what they're doing. Look what Arizona's doing. Why are they doing so good? That's how good this game is right now. Also, you kind of want to move people at their peak. And hear me out. If you're Cincinnati, I'm not saying you knew De La Cruz would be what he is. You you don't know that. But you have right. an idea. You trade India before you bring him up. 
We saw this a couple of years ago with Juan Soto over in with the Nationals, mm-hmm. where they were like, everyone was like, "You're gonna let Bryce Harper leave? What are you doing here? You can't do that's Bryce Harper. What do you go? Hang on, I don't know if you know it. It's this Bryce Harper on his jersey." But they knew. This is you screwed this one up, Cincinnati. You screwed it up real bad. Not only did they know, they won the friggin' World Series the next year. Yeah, the next year. Also, for a dude who's slumping and really can't find his place in the lineup or the defensive rotation, you know what you should do? Start trade rumors. Right. That'll help. Mm-hmm. That's what gets a guy over a thing. You can get in your own head now, buddy. He's a stud. He may not be MVP caliber, but he can play all-star caliber for a long time. You'd trade some pieces for that guy. And yeah, I'd go Jonathan India for Shohei straight up. You tried so hard to keep a straight face. That was real close, too. You got real close. I feel like the Reds also have like a, this might sound stupid. I feel like they're like a quote-unquote strong chemistry team. Like I look at them, I'm like, oh, these dudes low-key super like each other. That might not be correct, but that's what I think. You don't super want to mess that up. I mean, Cincinnati, without, you know, the rich history of all of the success over spans of decades gives me big Cardinals vibes. The fans show up even when they suck, when they're doing great. They're an amazing fan base. They give them all the support in the world. It's in the Middle East, so there's nothing else going on. There's a couple teams that could use a middle infielder that can go. That team in Seattle we just talked about, mm-hmm. they're garbage up the middle. You put Jonathan India there playing every day? Do they have a young, controllable pitcher? You know what? I know they do because I watched the Isotopes play Tacoma. They got guys who can sling it. Go over there. There's not a lot of teams where a strong starting or backup middle infielder would hurt them. There has been a Cincinnati to Seattle pipeline in the last few years. It does feel like Seattle gotta- is feeding... <laughs> It's kind of their quadruple-A team. There's multiple reds on the Mariners, now that I think about it. Not accidentally brought up. It's a weird sentence to say you're... We got a lot of controllable middle infielders. There's not just like a lot of teams that have that. No. We got a lot of young studs. Yeah. We're so good, we have to trade... One of the best young players in baseball. Are bad. But it is, now that you just said that thing about Seattle, it's like the Cincinnati Reds doing well, the Seattle Reds doing well. Good for both teams. I don't know who Seattle would move, though. That Gilbert cat? That would be a good get. For Cincinnati. That would be a good get for Cincinnati. That's almost even. All right, so Fangraphs. You do India, India and a lottery ticket. India and a lottery ticket for Gilbert. That would be a good trade. Fangraph says that India is like a two-war player. Okay. Which is fantastic. It's very good. Yeah. He's about to hit Arbo, though. Yeah. If I got a back-end rotation guy that I could excite Cincinnati about, send him over. I'll take this dude. 
Here's the thing too, though. You don't like say it publicly. Like if you're the reg, you call and say, I'm looking, I'm looking for like a middle of the rotation guy. Someone's got maybe three years. Right. Anyone on our roster excite you? And they'll be like, huh. You know what excites us? The guy that excites the league, Ellie De La Cruz. And you go, well, we can't move Ellie, but, you know, we got a guy similar. Yeah. And we, you know, we haven't really talked, we haven't even thought about it, but if you you're got, asking. You've got cool, wavy hair, too. Yeah. Baseball players with cool, wavy hair sell jerseys. Don't you want a rookie of the year that has cool, wavy hair? The, and- Give me Shohei Otani. You say he's got cool wavy hair, and the Yankees are like, we're not interested. No, thanks. No, we're good. Ooh, we love cutting cool wavy hair. That's our guy. Man. The second you get there, you do a cool, like, donate a wig thing, and you're like, I'm here to help. This is the only time I get to do it in my tenure. Yeah. Well, I'm in on it. Move him. Or don't. I mean, if you don't, Cincinnati's not the world-beating team right now. Next year, they're going to be tough. They're going to get progressively better yeah. as these young studs get more and more experience against big league pitching. They're well, only going to get better. You, well, you said big league pitching, but that's kind of a lie because it's the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Pirates. Excellent point. It's not big league pitching. Yeah. The Brewers got two big league pitchers. Oh, I didn't mention them. Maybe three. Didn't mention them on purpose. <laughs> it's the softest division in all the professional sports. Right now, you are not wrong. It sucks. Yeah. The AFC and NFC South has entered a chat. Yeah, right. I'm pretty bad, too. More football whenever we get back. This Zoom call is stupid. It's very weird. Amory, did you have you seen any of the stuff on this running back Zoom call? Are you up to speed on this? Um, of course I am. Duh, it's the NFL. It's stupid, right? Yeah, and there's other news <laughs> that All we will right. get to. Let's go. Tuning on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Star NFL running backs meet on Zoom to talk financial state of their position in the NFL. What? 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 You want know to really help our plight right now? A Zoom meeting. Couldn't this have been an email? Said Nick Chubb. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. It really could. Well, Austin Eckler. Who? Austin Eckler. Friend of the show? Yes. Yes. Multiple time contributor, Austin Um, Eckler. Decided that he was going to be the leader for the running backs. It started off as a group text, though. And then, then, you know, I bet that group group text can be so annoying sometimes. Yeah, the group text. Is everyone just liking it, you know, instead of responding? I, the last place I want to be in the whole earth is in a group text with Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, and Austin Eckler. Is Dalvin Cook in it? I think so. Did Austin Eckler fail to recall how he got his job? Is anybody else <laughs> anybody else with me on this one? Anybody else know this story? He took less money. 
No. Oh. Melvin Gordon was in a contract dispute and sat out. Mm. And Austin Eckler took Melvin Gordon's job while Melvin Gordon was trying to get more money. This is a thing that really happened. And now Austin Eckler's like, "But, but not the way he did it, though. The way we're doing it this time, that's the one. Josh Jacobs, after this Zoom, got on a plane in Las Vegas and left Las Vegas. And he made sure everyone saw. He did that on purpose. Good. (laughs) Go. You think... (laughs) Look look how valuable he would have been starting what? Five-ish? Definitely 10-ish. Definitely 15-ish years ago. He was the rushing leader in the NFL on a contract year. That guy gets paid historically. (laughs) Do you think all these dudes got together on this Zoom call and they were like, forget Tony Pollard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why he signed his tag. Hey, guys, should we wait for... Should we wait for... Should we wait for Naheem Himes to get here, or should we just start without him? Oh, my God. (laughs) Too soon. Guys. Well, Austin Eckler is committed to enhancing running back pay, even if it means, for example, one of the many solutions he has come up with in this Zoom meeting was quarterbacks getting less money. Oh, you're going to take from others. That's going to go over Mm. real well. Yep, put that in the locker room. Okay. Hey, you know the only position that really matters in the game? The one. Let's give those guys less. You know the only position that can change the course of an NFL franchise? That one position? Let's take from those guys. I have a theory why it turned into a Zoom call. Okay. This usually happens with group text. Maybe they all were going to just like jump on FaceTime, they were all hanging out, and then someone had an Android. Okay. Thank you for that. That's correct. That is why this that's happened. That's exactly how it happened. Who all is at this thing? I want to make sure I get the. And are they doing like the free Zoom or do they all like pay for Zoom? Yeah. Okay, guys, we got 39 minutes to get this thing in. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, guys, this um, the Boys and Girls Club, which I did an event for one time. They have they have free pro, so I'll host. <laughs> so all right, I want to make sure I got the list right here. Tell me if this is correct. Chubb, Barkley, oh. Henry, McCaffrey, Jacobs. Is that right? Is that, oh. Oh, and Eckler. Yes. Okay, so here's what... I thought Dalvin was going to be in it because he wants to get paid too. All right, well, I don't see him. He may, well, maybe it's just like actual running backs. Mm. So... No, he was out... He's in trouble. ...hiding the remnants of his jet ski. Mm, yeah. Also, doesn't McCaffrey make the most money? Am yeah, $16 million. Okay. Yeah, he's trying to tell them like how to make all the money. Yeah. He's like... Be white and marketable. Yeah. <laughs> Beat me to it again. You guys are stealing my punchlines this segment. I don't like it. All right. So these six guys, hear me out. Because I am, I consider myself to be a bit of an expert in this world. Okay. You don't need to get money from your boss, and you don't need to take money from your coworkers. Right, right. What you need to do is take money from your fan base. So... Running back GoFundMe's. Running back GoFundMe's. I love this so, so much. If these running backs were like, hey, sign up for our Patreon and be a part of our monthly Zooms where the six of us get together 
and talk crud on Tony Pollard and quarterbacks, mm-hmm. it'll only cost you a thousand bucks a month. It's not and bad. It's not bad. You know how many losers do it? The answer is a ton. A lot of them. A lot of them. And now you're doing what? Creating multiple streams of income. The most important thing you can do financially in the world. Ask Gary V. Congratulations, Bills Mafia. You signed Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook today. <laughs> From the GoFundMe. <laughs> now, don't, hey, don't forget, guys, after we get done talking about financial status, running backs in the NFL, like, share, and retweet, rethread. Go to x.com. Follow us. That's what they need to do. But they won't. Because it's not cool. It never has been. The coolest thing to me is making the money. And how you make the money, I don't care. I don't care that Tiger Woods has only made $150 million in tournament winnings. He has a billion dollars. Right. That's all I care about. Expand your brand. You don't even have to build your own studio. Get one of your nerd fans to build it for you. Get some good lighting. You know they will. They will. They'll do it in a heartbeat. Not someone from your entourage. No. Like a weird fan. A weird one. Yeah, do that. There's actually more players than the ones you listed. All right, who else is there? Um, Derek Henry. I have that. Jonathan Taylor. I don't know who that is, but I put him on the list. He's on the Colts. He's oh. on the cover of Teen Beat Magazine, you dummy. Oh, he used to be good. Yeah. Najee Harris. All right, got him on the list. Aaron Jones. Okay, on the list. Joan, Joe Mixon. That's like the top 10 fantasy and draft picks. J.K. Dobbins. All right, so these nine guys are the guys. Those are like the good ones. It's 11 guys. Sorry, so how much money do they need to make a million dollars? Each? Each. They need $11 million. So if you divide that by 1,000, that's not that many subscribers. This thing could be done. It could be done. They would need someone to host it. Amory, are you available? Oh, absolutely. And you're one of the losers that would do it for you, free. You know I would. No. I actually wouldn't. But not for much, though. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to tell me you couldn't get 11,000 idiot fanboys. Oh, they would. To pay 1000 bucks. Oh, you know NFL fan would. I'm telling you they to would. To sign a new running back? Also, I was doing a million bucks a month. They don't even really need to make that much. So Saquon didn't sign his deal over $2 million. Do you remember that failed athlete stock market thing? I do, yes. Yeah, some players signed up for it, yeah, and it, they tried to hit the ground running, and no one else bought into it because it's kind of dumb. But the player risks some of their career earnings for the stock market for yes. his value. The better he does, the more accolades and championships he gets. He gets to share his salary with his investors. There's your method right there. You invest. Mm-hmm. You don't just pay for Saquon Barkley because you love your stupid team so much. You invest in them. And you do it the Elon Musk style where you're like, whoever creates the best X logo in the next hour is the creator of the logo. Well, whoever did that. Did not create the best logo. I'm just telling you what he did on yeah. what he did on X.com. There's a financial someone out there right now that's like, I want to help. What'd you say, Jonathan Mixon? No, Joe. I want to help. Jonathan, what? 
What? Joe Mixon. Okay. And then Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, they're similar guys. Sure, they got a lot in common. Probably play running back, but I have no idea. But you get like that fan base, and you go straight to the source of the money. Mm-hmm. The money. Now, there's probably a rule with the NFL or the Player Association or your team saying like you can't give away your tickets to people who pay you, or you can't give away merch or something of that nature. I'm sure there's a lot of those. There's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So what you do is you get someone that knows how to circumvent that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You get Van, very attorney now, and you show up Mm -hmm. and you say, yeah, you can't sell this official NFL game used ball. That's against rules. But you can sell this ball that I just bought. You can sell that one to me. From Dick's. And then I can sell it to Rick. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about wandering. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I watched, that's, that's the only classes I took in lawyer school. I watched a YouTube series on how to launder money the other day because I don't have any money, but I think I could take other people's money and then launder that money and keep a percent of that money for myself. Okay. How's our LLC doing right now? Making money go from one place. <laughs> Making the books look right. Cooker the booker. Money also is different. You don't want money in Carolina. You want money in Texas. You don't want money in place in California. You want money in Florida. There's more money because no one takes it from you. A lot of money anywhere is, is good money to have. A lot of money in a state with no state income tax, well, that's just more money. Hey, Murray, you, all these guys come together, create a company, license it in Puerto Rico. It's 4%. They're set. That's the answer. Boom. I don't know why this is so complicated. Why is this so complicated? How long was the, how long do you think the Zoom was? You think? 49 minutes. It's like, hey, I'm waiting waiting for you (laughs) to let me in. Who do you think had the best Zoom name? All their names were like, forget Tony Pollard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All variations on FTP. Hey, hey, everyone, is is OJ showing up to this? Can we just off all the good running backs in college? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, what, is that how Smart. it went? I don't hate it. I kind of do hate it. Could At you- least they're trying. They may have made no headway whatsoever. Right. But at least they're trying. Quickest little segment in the world when we get back is Ron Burke's going to join us at 640. We're going to talk go. a little Mountain West. It's two men on. 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. About five minutes away from Ron Burke. Today's apparently Carl Malone's birthday. LeBron tweets. Hide your kids. LeBron tweets a picture of him and Carl Malone and says, Age ain't nothing but a number. Thank you, Aaliyah. Happy 60th birthday, Carl Malone. Not the best dude to bat. Oh, my gosh. Not the best dude, allegedly. Tons of evidence, but also allegedly. This can't be real. There's not a ton of emojis on this post, so I'm going to assume it's not real. <laughs> okay. You just didn't bombard us with a bunch of emojis? so You, you know a- how LeBron tweets or threads. He'll put 45 emojis on a thing. 
He put he puts emojis on stuff the way that like somebody went to school for too long puts like hyphenated letters at the end of their email. So he just uses hieroglyphics, is what you're That's saying. That's what he does. Yeah. You're you're accusing LeBron James of being illiterate right now. And only being able to communicate through hieroglyphics. Are you talking about... If that's what you're saying. Are you talking about never attended college, high school dropout LeBron James? Mm. Is this so far-fetched, Van? Mm, well. Where's his formal education from? I bet he has a degree now, though. I bet he did some sort of online thing or something. LeBron James? I bet. You think so? Yeah, let's look that up. I don't know if I've heard that. I guess I also don't know that. I'm just playing the odds. Okay, let's go. You got some honorary degree from Southwest Missouri State or something. Is that what you're saying? I don't know what your issue is with SWEMO. What was that? Southwest Missouri State. SWEMO? Well, Southeastern Missouri is SEMO, so I was just really... Okay. So SWEMO, I think that's a mix of early 2000s emo rock and roll and swing dancing. Ron Burke, whenever we get back, talking about the Mountain West media. You're so dumb. <laughs> Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. And information. What's out for your mind? Welcome back to the program. KOAT's very own Ron Burke joining us. Let's go. Yeah. Ron, how you doing, brother? I'm great. How you guys doing? Doing good, friend. Welcome back to town. Obviously, you spent a little time in Vegas. Mostly work or mostly play? Probably half and half. I love that answer. <laughs> uh, the, the, thing, the thing about Mountain West Football Media Days is it's pretty set schedule, so you know you'll be working between certain hours, and you know you complete your work. And um, and Vegas doesn't really shut down, so you have you know the evening and night to kind of enjoy yourself. So I had a good time out there. I didn't. Now, I don't want to get a false impression that I was painting the town any color, um, but I got a chance to enjoy myself. Better been painting the town Lobo Red. That's what I want to hear. That's <laughs> cherry and little, silver, little Cherry and silver. We talked a little bit to Brandon Ortega earlier. He was saying he had limited access. I know you were in and out, obviously, with the Lobo stuff. <sighs> it's not looking great as far as predicted finish. It's not looking great as far as preseason athletes getting all mountain west uh nominations what was your energy walking away from the summit what was your energy surrounding the lobo football team well you know on you know the, the event was held wednesday and thursday and the morning of wednesday which was our first time to speak to any lobos we spoke to two players that day and then we spoke to danny on thursday but on that wednesday is when the preseason predictions and all mountain west teams came out so so you know, the freshest news we had was that they were projected to finish in last place. Right. And, um, and you know, the players were asked about that, and they gave what you could probably say were the answers you would expect. Speaking positively, they're going to surprise people and things like that. Uh, Danny said he doesn't worry about stuff like that, but he understands based on their history, uh, they should be finished. Uh, they should be predicted, rather, to finish in last place. So <clears throat> I felt like there was some upbeat mood among the, the three, the two players and the head coach. Uh, hopeful, but you know when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, you know they also acknowledge it comes down to having the personnel on the field staying healthy and producing, and we haven't seen that yet in Danny's first three years. And so, uh, I think until we can see a quarterback who can be upright for a full season or at least most of it, mm. 
an offensive line that can protect him, and a defense that doesn't have to carry the load more than it should be expected, uh, we're going to have questions about this team. Ron Burke joining us, KOAT's very own. What player were the Lobos highlighting the most? Who had the brightest lights on them? Who had the microphones in their faces? Who were they like, this is our guy this year? It's Dylan Hopkins, the new quarterback. Yeah. And, um, you know, he plays the most important position on the field, obviously, but at the same time, they have the luxury this year, um, and I'll use that word. We haven't seen it play out yet, but at least they have a quarterback who's been in the system because the system is new uh, with the new coordinator, uh, Bryant Vincent, coming over from UAB with, with Dylan Hopkins, his quarterback. And so you at least have a case where a guy who's gotten a lot of snaps in college, he was 17-9 and nine at Alabama Birmingham Hopkins, uh, they won a bowl game last year, the Bahamas Bowl, the coach and the quarterback together. So they had some momentum riding off of that, and they have familiarity with each other. So this year, you at least have a case where the quarterback's not learning from scratch. And and if he can stay healthy, and to this point, and Hopkins noted this when he talked to us last Thursday, or last Wednesday, that uh, you know he hasn't been healthy for a full season yet uh, with the Blazers. So that's a question. Um but he's no no doubt about it. He is, you know, a number one on the list of important people, not just because he plays the most plays the most important position, but right. because as Danny described him to us, he's another coach on the field because he knows the offense going in. Uh, it's not a learning curve for him like we've seen in years past. And uh, if healthy, we'll at least we'll at least see Dylan Hopkins play. I think to his potential, whatever that potential might be. Ron, I'm I got concerned, my man. It's I'm the Mountain Division is tougher than the West Division, if you ask me, and it looks as if there's not a fast start for this team. It's going to be a long season. How do the Lobos get out early? From your impression, of what you saw, what can they do to surprise or upset opponents early in the season to set a precedent of winning? Well, let's take it let's take it this way. Um, week one is Texas A&M on the road. Really tough game, obviously. Power five opponent. Let's push that to the side for now. Right. Um, it's about it's about winning those early home games. It's about beating Tennessee Tech in, in, in the second game of the season. You have the rivalry with New Mexico State early in the season. Don't have a repeat of what we saw before. Come out there and beat those guys on your home field. And before you get to Mountain West play, pilot, maybe you are three and four. You know, Maybe you can beat Tennessee Tech week, week two, New Mexico State in that third game, UMass on the road. Maybe you can get those, those three wins if you're at your best. Then you get into conference play. I think that's when we will begin to honestly grade this team for who they are, how they match up against teams in the conference. And uh, I think Wyoming is the first first conference game, if memory serves, uh, at the end of September. And let's see how they roll from there. I think we have to look at maybe the first three weeks as a getting-to-know-you period because they have coordinators changing on both sides of football, even though, uh, Troy Reffitt, the new defensive coordinator, has been on staff as cornerbacks coach. Still, you have personnel changes. You have some guys that left through the transfer portal. They're going to have to be replaced. Quality players. Um, and so I would say I'm looking at the beginning of October, um, maybe the end of September, the Wyoming game. I would say the end of September, the first conference game, is when I'll begin to truly put a gauge on this team when they play those games that matter in conference. It's going to be interesting, too. I think all the game times were announced last week, I think. And, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing starts early for this team. Like, there's going to be eyes on them, at least at home all year long, 6 p.m., 6 p.m., handful of 4 p.m. starts. I think teams play better when the lights are brighter. That's my opinion. Well, let me rephrase that. I think winning teams do. Yeah. 
It looks yeah. like it looks yeah. like it could be a real spotlight opportunity for Coach Gonzalez and his boys, Ron Burke, joining us on the program. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, they, they're really coming from a point of um, trying to build from scratch still. You know, three seasons, seven total wins, two of those wins last season. So I don't know what they can really uh, kind of wrap their arms around that's going to be in their favor, per se. Right. And that's why I said we have to get a few weeks to see who they really are, who they're going to be on, on, on defense for sure, which, which would appear to be the stronger of the two units. Um, and how much can they get fluid on offense because they want to spread the ball. It's to spread the ball around to as many people as you can in the run game and passing game on offense like they did at UAB. We'll see how accustomed they can get the new players and get – I'm sorry, the players can get to the new offense and get familiar because, you know, it, it, it's really tough. You have to hit the ground running at full speed when other teams may have more experience, may have uh, more seasoned quarterbacks, may have been in systems longer. And regardless of when the games are played, where they're played in game time, I think those elements are going to tell us who the Lobos are by the time we get, say, to midseason, how comfortable they are in their, in their new systems and, uh, and how much momentum they can build, if any, fairly early in the season. It's a big Coach G house here, Ron. Um, how secure is his job? <clears throat> you speaking of Danny? Yeah. Um, he was asked that question last week. And he said um, he doesn't worry about it. He said, and, and, and this is a paraphrase, but it's pretty close to the quote. Um, if they want to fire me, they can fire me if we don't win. And I think he, I think he's come to the realization that as he enters year four, it hasn't worked well. You know, and there are a number of reasons. Uh, the injury is a part of it, but that's part of the game too. And he'll acknowledge that, or he has acknowledged that. Um, part of it is, you know, you, you're, you're taking over a program. That needed a lot of work, yeah. and um, and the coach brought up the fact the other day that uh, you know when 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 the pandemic hit, they were in a tough spot because they couldn't work out together. And that was a team that really needed to be together in the weight room. There was, they had to separate, and, and that that set them back. And he says they're at the point now where they've kind of gotten their legs under them in that respect, and and that's probably true. Um, but uh, you know it's very unforgiving this this industry, and uh, people are trying to take you out, you know, every chance they get, as we've seen from weekend to weekend. And so I think he's very realistic about, you know, the possibility that this could be it, that if they don't win in year four, if you come out of year four with another two and 10 season or something approaching that, uh, and you're looking at the, you know, four seasons of maybe a total of nine or 10 wins, that probably is not good enough. And, um, and so all of those factors that I just mentioned that he mentioned previously last week that come into play may not be enough. Uh, to keep him around for for a fifth year, so uh, I, I think it's a very realistic situation. I'm curious to see um, how they're going to replace some of these guys that left. Uh, Cody Moon left; he transferred out to San Diego State, so we'll see him uh, competing in the Mountain West still. AJ Halsey, a really talented young player, I think is a big blow because he had such a breakout season in the Mountain West, and he went on and, and transferred to Houston. And those are holes that, boy, you don't really want to have to. Plug. You're not counting on plugging, and all of a sudden you have less depth and you have more of a need at those positions. And so the war of attrition is already on for a team like UNM, which started the season, you know, trying to climb up the ladder from a low spot. And, um, and you know, how well they replace those players, how well they make so many adjustments in this offseason of major transition is going to mean a lot, I think, for whether Danny uh, comes out of year four with something he could kind of hold his head on and negotiate with. The Cody Moon conversation is interesting to me because you're obviously at the media summit. 
San Diego State is there. Like, do you see these programs interacting with each other? Are they real coy? Is it real calculated? Are they cold to each other? Because I just can't imagine with the transfer portal that these universities are chum-chum anymore. <laughs> well, you know, this was my first uh, Mountain West Media Day, so I don't have anything to compare to with, say, sure. the transfer portal. Um, I saw some in- a little interaction uh, between coaches, but I didn't see a lot. doesn't mean it didn't take place. Right. Because they had certain responsibilities within the realm of the media days, and they certainly did too. Um, and prior to the, the interview sessions, there is a more of a laid-back lunch type area where people go and hang out and talk and things like that. And I saw a couple of the coaches hanging around there. I also saw some coaches doing interviews with the Mountain West Network during that time and a little bit of interaction, not a lot. So I can't speak to how much get-along there was among those coaches. I think I have a weird follow-up, and if you know, you know, and if you don't, that's fine. Was there any sort of weird outside of the summit, like NIL presence? Was there any sort of weird, like, booster trying to get close in Vegas kind of energy? And if there was, did you recognize it? I didn't see any of that at all. Yeah. Um, and, again, it could have been there, and I didn't see it. You know, with, 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 with our Mountain West Media Days, that we are located on one particular floor of the hotel, um, pretty much in a receiving area and ballroom surrounding it. And they break those ballrooms down into different uh, – one might be for the players and coaches. One might be a big media media working room. Uh, another might be some auxiliary related to the Mountain West. Uh, they had uh, uh, television sets. I don't mean monitors that you look at. I mean actual news sets uh, as well. They had a lunch area. So – um, so I didn't see uh, anybody much outside of that affiliated at all with football. It was pretty much self-contained to those of us with credentials in that particular area. But, uh, you know, something certainly could have been going on. I don't know outside of the – I can't speak to what's going on outside of the uh, – I'm, I'm always under the assumption there's like a somebody like pumping junior college players or a someone – that's kind of been the energy I've seen around these things. Mm-hmm. But also I'm the mm-hmm. guy that never stays in the room I'm told to stay in. I'm like the – let me go over here. Let me see what I can. Let me see what I can sneak up on. Ron Burke joining us. Obviously, we're talking a little bit about the Lobos. It's a successful season, in your opinion. If the Lobos do what, my man? It is. It is a net positive if they finish with what record? Um, I don't know if I can put numbers on it. Yeah. Uh, how about this? How did they represent well in the second half of these football games? Oh, good answer. Because because in the ten losses last year, ten, they scored a total of twenty six second half points. And that's not good enough. And mm. we, we saw a case where this team, particularly thanks to its defense, was hanging at halftime fairly close within striking distance. But because the offense couldn't move the football, couldn't sustain drives, and couldn't score, uh, the dam broke in the second half over and over and over. And, uh, and so I want to see a team that can consistently compete and be in ball games third, fourth quarter. I think that's a massive step forward if they can do that. Did you get your eyes on the spear in person? I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there next weekend. I want to see how awesome it is. Yeah, uh, I saw it not at night though, and I'm, I'm disappointed in that I saw it when I was uh, when I was taking the cab to the Circa Resort, uh, which was the hotel where everything took place, mm. and we're driving by. We had a very we had a great cab drive. This guy was like a tour guide. He gave us so much information. <laughs> nice, uh, kind of a non talk, uh, a nonstop talk talking guy. But he was great, great personality. He was pointing out everything, and he pointed out the sphere. And that thing is massive. It's huge. I didn't realize it was that big seeing it in person. And when we saw it, it was daylight. wasn't lit up for the night. So I did not see it at, at its finest, unfortunately. Mm. But it is an impressive building nonetheless. It's an impressive sight. 
What's the stories this week on the program, Ron? What, what's KOAT putting out there? Uh, today I ran a little bit of follow-up to uh, New Mexico United. Great win by them. This team is Big. this team is different. You know, they, they're playing. When you watch them play, you can look at the numbers and the, the results and say, okay, the new coach came at X uh, certain point in the schedule, and that's where the turnaround. But then when you look at the games, I think what I see is a team that's more aggressive, certainly defensively. Um, uh, without the ball, I think they play more aggressively. I think they put more pressure defensively on, on the opposing team. And they seem to be in a pretty good flow offensively right now. And I think I see momentum building. You know, I hope they maintain it because, you know, based on where they are now in the standings in a tight, in a tight West, uh, so few points separate first place from where they are in seventh place and even eighth place. And uh, I just hope they continue the momentum. So we have that today. Uh, we'll see what plays out this week. We'll obviously have another United game coming up this weekend. We expect there'll be more talk from the team in a press conference this week as well. But one thing we're working on is we're trying to get together here at KOA AT, doing some early season planning for our um, the show we call The Rundown, which is our Friday night yeah, award-winning Friday night. I'm glad to say uh, once again we won. There we go. The Broadcast Association Award uh, for best show. So, so we're working on getting those uh, nuts and bolts uh, tightening that particular show because we're going to be doing it pretty soon. And uh, it'll be on for Friday night for every week for several months. Ron, you're the best, brother. Let us know if we can always help, and we will. I appreciate you guys. Wish you well. Take care. Thanks, Ron. Full-on dude right there. Full-on dude. Hey, Marie, even with the distraction of the dog, you did great. Thank you. Van, final words. Come see us at the Duke store tomorrow, and make sure you don't miss any of the action on opening drive tomorrow morning with Jeff and JJ. Come pet Darby. Good job, everyone. GG.